1: life culture and current events from a biblical perspective 2020 with neil johnson on vision
0: commentary you won't hear anywhere else strap yourself in and welcome along to this special edition of 2020 let me welcome our first two commentators uh, guests today bill muhlenberg from culture watch our regular segment right now bill welcome back to 2020 Great to be back. And Terry Kelleher, formerly with the Australian Family Association and now with your Our Group uh, project underway. Terry, a special welcome along to you.
2: Thank you, Neil. Thank you for having me.
0: Let me start with Terry Kelleher. Uh, Terry, you're feeling as though somehow or other uh, there's an angry feeling in the electorate all over Australia. I wonder if you can describe for us the way you're uh, perceiving things in the networks that you're involved in.
2: Um, well, I think this is something that's been beaten up to a large extent by the mainstream media, um, and certainly it's centred on on Scott Morrison. You know, does everyone hate Scott Morrison? <coughs> um, I think that. To a large extent, it's been beaten up by the mainstream media, but certainly there's a feeling of being, a real feeling of yeah, anger and being let down on two major things. I think one is over the handling of COVID and maybe that, you know, that the federal government should have had more say in the handling of it. Um, so the lockdowns uh, certainly between the states may not have been as severe. Um, and the other one, I think, is over um, the religious discrimination bill. But uh, remember there, Scott Morrison did his best to bring that bill into the parliament and five members of his own party crossed the floor and voted against it. Um, It's very difficult. He's in a difficult position. He's trying to play a balancing game, you know, to keep most people kind of happy so his party doesn't stab him in the back.
0: It is difficult for the Prime Minister. Uh, Not everyone has been nice to the Prime Minister through the campaign. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, have you gauged an angriness in the
1: electorate around this election? Well, certainly uh, frustration, I guess you might say, would be a a word we could use. Uh, Well, look, many of us were pleasantly surprised that Morrison did get in three years ago. He was the miracle man. We hoped for good things. Um, It's been a bit of a mixed bag in terms of what happened. As we just heard, the um, whole issue of religious discrimination has been, well, nothing's changed as yet. How much of that we put down to, you know, ScoMo waiting too long or trying to keep his own party happy, uh, that's part of the, I guess, frustration in general with the two-party system. Uh, A lot of the things we expect maybe of either party often may not happen, and that's why there seems to be a big increase in the number of those looking at, say, independents or smaller parties this year. Uh, You know, how far can we go with the two main parties? How much are they really different from each other? Often it seems they're both Kind of similar, and they're both kind of shifting leftwards, so that makes it tough. Uh, The Libs want to be a broad church, therefore they want to keep everybody in the party happy. But if it's too broad, and as too many who are kind of opposed to many of the things we care about, well, it, it can be tough there as well. So certainly... Frustration, looking for maybe other options, a third, uh, a third path, if you will, to the main two parties. Anger at the coalition, and it's anger
0: too uh, from some sides uh, that somehow or other Anthony Albanese was not there and arguing some of the important issues around freedom and through the whole of COVID. Uh, so uh, Terry Kelleher, uh, you've got anger at the major parties. Uh, people are looking at uh, independence. They're looking at minor parties. Uh, what are your thoughts for uh, what could happen? Because uh, things could go bad. Things could backfire. Things might not go the way people assume so far as voting for minor parties and independence.
2: Um, yes, you know, that that really is, I think, the bottom line, what people have to consider in the election, is in Australia, look, you're going to get either the coalition... Or we're going to get Labor and the Greens, and I say that deliberately because Labor is, uh, you know, how can I put it, unofficially in coalition with the Greens. The Greens, they Greens help Labor, or they would to get over the line if they did. That's your choice. However, with the minor parties, uh, the minor conservative parties, and some of the independents, we do have now a choice. And I understand the anger, and, and, and I've actually felt it too and the frustration that you do have that capacity to send a message to, say, the coalition, certainly, um, also to to the um, Labor. All right, this is what mainstream Australia or central, centre Australia wants. But you have to be very careful where you place your preferences because, you know, when the dust settles, it's going to be either the coalition or Labor and the Greens who will be in government, whether it's a hung parliament or not. I, my personally, I'm hoping that, uh, some of those minor parties, um, two in particular, I, I, I won't mention them because I know you don't want to be partisan here. Um, Neil, you're fine mentioning parties. That. If you
0: want to mention parties, that's, uh, that's all fine. Uh, listeners would probably appreciate you mentioning whatever uh, parties that you might be talking about.
2: Well, I, I would mention one nation, um, United Australia, I'm a little bit more conflicted over United Australia, but on the whole, you know, they will have policies that will resonate. So I'm hoping they may get some members in. Uh, I think, uh, I'm not sure whether they will, but if they did, just, just try and get the picture that then the, the coalition, it would be pulled back to the centre because the coalition is very conflicted in and of itself. Now, this will be the final death knell to the Liberal Party, in my view, if they are defeated. Now, Morrison, why I'm saying he's got a very difficult job is, you know, there's such division within the Liberal Party. Now, you don't get that as much. You don't get that in the Labor Party. That's a well-oiled machine, um, you know, it's ideologically, you know, very focused, you don't get it, but in the Liberal Party it is a broad church, it always has been you know because that's what freedom freedom always comes with its own you know risks and that's the risk you'll get you'll get divisions, you'll get differences of opinion. so he has got these people in the Liberal party. now if there were members of these other minor parties with true conservative values, they could very well help I think the you know the conservative members the true conservative members of the Liberal Party. <laughs> um you know to get maybe get legislation through or at least to raise issues and have them debated um, who's on the cross bench will course.
0: be important won't it? Uh, if there are Greens on the cross benches uh, or if oh, there yes. are Conservatives on the cross benches that might well determine how legislation <laughs> is moved through the Parliament over the next term Bill Muhlenberg, you've been on the research team for the Australian Christian Values Checklist as you're hearing this reflection from uh, Terry Kelleher and uh, you're reflecting on what's happening with minor parties uh, what are your thoughts for how things might look on cross benches or uh, in, with the outcome that comes after tomorrow's vote
1: yeah well they're talking of almost 30 percent of uh, voters not really happy with the main two options going to some of these smaller parties independents, and the like so it will be interesting to see i know it's good question of how the preferencing works and so on and not just how the smaller parties are going to do that, but how voters are going to manage to figure out, especially the Senate paper. Uh, the one we had in Victoria was about a meter uh, wide with so many candidates. Uh, I know of many who are already you know, quite confused and uh, don't know quite where to turn, how to vote. So uh, the whole thing is really kind of up in the air. But yeah, it'll it could well be a hung parliament, and then it will be decided by who's going to end up with that balance of power. We recall we had well folks like uh, Steve Fielding uh, from uh, Melbourne uh, some years ago doing having just that role with Family First. We may get a few again, as we heard, uh, it could be the Greens or others. But hopefully, with all these uh, small. Uh, Kind of conservative, kind of Christian parties uh, getting a fair amount of airtime. Maybe some will get in. So uh, that's the best we can hope for. And uh, as we've said before, or have I said... Uh, At the end of the day, we can't expect everything to be solved with politics alone. But still, it's very important. And so how we uh, see the outcome of this election will certainly have a big impact in the next several years. Terry Kelleher, a metre-long
0: Senate ballot form and all of those parties on there. It creates confusion. I wonder whether there's some deliberate confusion. Any thoughts here? Because uh, you've got the, you know, various independents uh, called the Teal Independents, uh, sponsored by, you know, big financiers. Uh, you've got all sorts of minor parties and some that have grouped together on a sort of a socialist basis. And you've got a few others who are on a conservative level. It This confusion, is this somehow deliberate, do you think?
2: Um... Uh are you talking about the Senate Neil, or both houses? Yeah, the Senate, uh, more with
0: that meet-along, that meet-long Senate ballot yes, form and seven, the, the confusion that they was.
2: in Victoria 79. Okay, so if you vote above the line, you've got to be very sure that you're happy with the, um, the order of preference of the party or the group that you are voting for. It also means that you rule out voting for any independent. Now, I went to the AEC drawing of the ballot, which was very interesting. I'd never been there before, um, with their marbles and pulling out the order and the ballot paper. There are 12 independent candidates for the Senate in Victoria alone. I mean, that is astounding. Now, I went along because just a small number of um, our group are, are supporting an independent, a genuine independent. She's not connected to any party or any grouping, okay? She's totally independent. Um, So I went along and we were just blown away that there were 12 independents. We thought there might be two. Um, So, yes, there are a lot of candidates. I really think um, one of the things I would say about this election is that it is a very important election. I don't think it is like and like. People might be angry with Scott Morrison, frustrated with the coalition. It's not like and like. I think if Labor actually get uh, over the line... Um, or even if it 's a hung parliament with labour getting these support then you 're not going to i don 't think there 'll be any conservative members. It will be because these minor conservative parties haven 't got any members to balance labour that 's a very very serious um, situation to be in but getting back to the ballot paper yes um, well, people are, i don 't think it 's deliberate, uh, although there are lots of um, those you know those um, independent candidates i thought who in the hell are they one of them was james bond okay (laughs) i mean is that real
0: and is he the 007 candidate
2: yeah well yes is he real maybe it is his name but (laughs) you never know i couldn't get any profile of him or anything so i don't know and but there are certainly lots of splinter groups in the election but they're all from of the left have some pity on the coalition, please. They're just there in their blue shirts. I've been out on the hustings, OK, at the pre-polls. Uh, and, you know, the, the coalition is just in blue. They're all there. But here, just, these are the splinter groups they're handing out. They're all um, there for Labor, all the teals. So there's one called Climate Emergency, uh, Vote Climate. You know, these people pretend, these ones who are handing out pretend that they're independent, That's certainly for the Teals and, you know, and Labor. Another one called Smart Voting. I spoke to the young woman. They're being paid, these young ones, to stand out there and give out this, um, you know, how to vote. Fake moderate Josh Frydenberg. This is totally against Josh Frydenberg. I mean, this is outrageous, I think.
0: <laughs> okay, um, there are you know, tactics that are used groups, in elections. But I'm saying
2: there's splinter groups, and uh, I, I think that it's not transparent at all.
0: Okay, they not transparent, all, all, you know, and uh, perhaps all parties have their tactics, and some of these, uh, you might even examine those tactics and say a little underhanded.
2: It can reach the world. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
0: A special edition of 2020 today, a pre-election panel. Our first two commentators, Bill Muhlenberg and uh, Terry Kelleher, are with us right now. Bill Muhlenberg, on one of your latest articles that you've been writing about, uh, you're discussing uh, the 194 member states representing something like 99% of the world's population expected to sign pandemic treaties with the World Health Organization and uh, giving power to the WHO to dictate to nations who, how they would respond to a new pandemic. Uh, what are your concerns about that? And of course, uh, where do the parties sit on where they support such an action?
1: Yeah, it's a huge uh, issue, and some of the smaller parties are making quite a big deal of it, as they should, simply because the main parties are saying almost nothing about it. Um, Back in 2005, the World Health Organization had a thing called the International Health Regulations that were set up, which are legally binding on the 194 member states of WHO, uh, so it's already in existence, but the problem is the U.S. just recently has uh, offered a set of amendments to it to make it even more coercive, more draconian on all the nations. Uh, just think of you know how bad things were here in Melbourne with Dan Andrews, uh, you know, multiply that by a hundred, put it on steroids, and if this goes through, that's basically what the whole world's going to be up to, this unelected, unaccountable body. Uh, the World Health Organization in close connection with people like Bill Gates, Communist China, both of whom are funding WHO big time, and the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab, another guy we've talked about. These folks will basically be determining how nations deal with any, well, either real or perceived uh, pandemic, and they'll have the ability to, to... Uh, ride roughshod over national sovereignty to determine what happens in terms of dealing with a pandemic. So again, uh, Terry and I lived here. Uh, sadly, the last couple of years in Victoria, the most locked-down state in the world, and boy, it, it was tough how many people suicided, how many jobs were lost. Uh, if something like this goes through, it's going to be this way on a global level, and um, we really will see the loss of national sovereignty. So we know the Greens and Labor, of course, will be fully happy with it. Uh sadly scomo has been a little bit ambivalent. He's in the past said he supported Ho uh who. Uh more recently he's been asked about it, so he's saying, well, if it comes in this more draconian form, we'll be against it. So he's kind of hedging his bets here, but you know, still it's a pretty much uh bygone conclusion. If uh, Labour and Greens get in, they'll follow this fully. If uh, the Libs get in, there's some hope that we can both reason with ScoMo and some of his team to really resist what's going to be a very shocking development indeed. Terry Kelleher, uh, with
0: the proposals that are coming, uh, the thought of national sovereignty being at risk and understanding the way campaigns run in a modern era, where everything in the narrative is so protected and so orchestrated. Uh, Your thoughts here on whether Australians are aware of uh, issues around our national sovereignty that come with this election?
2: Uh, No, I don't think so. Um, And I think that that is one of the um, points that I'd, I'd written down for myself, that it might arise during the discussions, Um, The important issues in the election, and one of them I put was um, national security. Now, that's, you know, in relation to look, there's a war in the Ukraine um, and China's growing expansion and influence. But this is another development, and I think, no, people don't know about it. I didn't until a member of our group, and this is what our group does, you know, we we share information, and I hadn't been aware of it. And then I did read, um, you know, Bill's articles in in, um, Culture Watch. I think it's really. Uh, oh, it's just really, really outrageous and it's terrifying. It's, is it the, um, you know, the next type of war that the world is going to be waging and we all lose our national sovereignty and it's those who are at the top of these unelected, unknown, you know, unnamed individuals who are at the top of these international committees or um, organisations that are going to rule the world? This is terrifying. They'll have the, the armies and the police forces of sovereign nations at their bidding core. Now, I fought tooth and nail against what I call the permanent pandemic powers here in Victoria. And Bill knows what I'm talking about, which was where Daniel Andrews actually had put into the emergency powers legislation specific provisions to deal with a pandemic. Now, that was re- that's really worrying. Um, but they got it through because, you know, they're in, in government and the Liberals are as scarce as hen's teeth on the floor of the Parliament. It was, was really a wipeout in the last election in 2018. So there's really little to slow down whatever Daniel Andrews wants to get through the Parliament in Victoria. But that's a small, that's only a, on a small scale in Victoria. Um, and now this is on a world stage. Is this the new way of waging world war? That's what I'm asking. i, I just... I'm gobsmacked. But the thing is, what Bill said is interesting, and that's what I would have thought. I didn't know that, but I would have thought we're going to have more, much more chance with the, with the coalition if they get in, of doing something about it and opposing it.
0: OK. But Bill Muhlenberg... Anyway. Bill Muhlenberg, uh, it's for your safety. <laughs> Perhaps... Our Hmm. national leaders, uh, influenced by the same tactics that they've used to grab power during the pandemic, and now all of a sudden the World Health Organization will be almost arguing that, that all the nations of the world better sign up because it's for everybody's safety. Any thoughts here around the manipulation that happens to get people to sign up and to do the right things according to those bodies?
1: Yeah, well, we've been talking about this for, what, almost two and a half years now, haven't we? And how many times have I said, uh, never waste a good emergency, a good crisis, use it to the max. That's how politicians like to secure and consolidate power, Uh, either take an existing emergency or basically make one up and tell people you're all going to die if you don't give us uh you know total power and control over your lives so we've seen that big time with covid seen it big time with dan andrews and just the other day I was looking uh, online and the number of nations national leaders and various bodies who are fully in support of this new pandemic treaty that the WHO wants to get through. And in fact, starting on uh, Monday, uh, the discussions will be held. Uh, The final vote on it will take place later, but this is something that's coming up in a few days' time at an international level and the number of groups I saw, the number of global leaders I saw, the number of you know famous bodies and corporate bodies all saying, yeah, this is the way to go. We have to save ourselves, we have to protect ourselves, we're all gonna die. Uh, there'll be some other pandemic and we need to give all of our power over to international bodies like the UN, like WHO and WEF to keep us safe. So it's the same uh, same ideology, really, just get people so scared, so full of panic porn that they're willing to give away any and all freedoms, including national sovereignty, all in the name of being kept safe. So that's another part of uh, what Saturday's election is all about.
0: Terry Kelleher, if the Liberals, if the Labor Party and the Greens are all quite happy about ceding authority to the WHO, Uh, or the WEF, the World Economic Forum, and uh, what we're discussing often, the Great Reset. Uh, If if, uh, those major parties uh, and the Greens are happy to cede that authority, where does that leave the Christian who is concerned about... Uh, our democracy, our freedoms, our national sovereignty. Uh, what's the answer? You, you've got to look for some alternatives, haven't you, to put a number one in their uh, voting square?
2: Well, I think what's been said is that the Liberals aren't committed to it. They're not totally committed. So there's, you know, the chance then to um, to appeal to the Liberals and to lobby Um, and to lobby, that'd be discussed in the Parliament. So we know it's being discussed in our Parliament and then, you know, voters can have a say. Uh, That's the way I would see it. I I think this is really, really threatening. Um, It's a David and Goliath battle, but remember, David won. And, you know, national sovereignty and our... we, We can make a difference, each and every one of us. Now, I think that, you know, people, if they wish to send a message, they're not happy with the overall performance of the major parties or of the coalition because the coalition is the election is there to for them to, to win or lose. Um, I think that yes you can send that message and I fully understand that. But be careful of your preferences. It's where the preferences go because none of the minor parties is going to win government. They might get some members, which would be a very good thing, I think. I think that would be very positive. But they're not going to win government. So that's what we're faced with. And I think we've got... I just think, you know, I'd put my bet on the on the coalition horse because I think there's at least room to to, to lobby them, whereas, uh, you know, ALP and the Greens, I, I don't think so. You can't
0: be lazy in the way you approach your voting tomorrow. Uh, it's something that you really have to do a little bit of preparation for. I'll mention that Australian Christian Values checklist. Simply Google that and you'll find... Uh, there's a Green Ticks and Red Crosses and across those major parties and where they stand on a whole lot of issues that are more specifically uh, interesting for Christians because of some of the uh, issues we take with a biblical ethic, a biblical foundation for the way we think things should go. Let me come back to the election and uh, just a few minutes remaining for our conversation. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, uh, your predictions for tomorrow. Are we in for a hung parliament? Are we headed for three years of bedlam with cross benches? Uh, Do you think that there would be one of the majors that may well just get up on the day and win a majority?
1: Well, I'm uh, not a prophet, so, uh, you know, you can go with the pundits and the polling. Evidently, things are tightening up a bit as we speak, but uh, I guess one of the things that I wanted to share, which you probably would have raised uh Uh, would be the whole spiritual element of this. If we looked at this whole election, obviously, just from a human point of view, it can look pretty grim, pretty bleak, as you say, probably a hung parliament or, uh, you know, libs just might scrape back in, but uh, just, you know, so many concerns in so many areas, and uh, as we've talked, I think maybe – what, last week was it, here in Victoria, the Liberal Party, the way they're treating uh, Bernie Finn, the pro-life MP, he may well be kicked out of the party on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So Terry and I know what a champion he's been and how badly he's been treated by the Liberal Party. So the federal libs are different, of course, but there is the same kind of uh, you know, mix, he got the Uh, quite moderate uh, elements within the libs and then the more conservative ones so that's why there's always tension there so again from a human point of view looking kind of bleak so I would say uh, as you vote and vote carefully and wisely we need to pray and uh, obviously people like Warwick Marsh and others have been holding uh, well, quite a long period of prayer and fasting right now for the election. And uh, at the end of the day, it's not the libs who are going to save us. It's not labor who's going to save us. It's got to be God through Christ. Uh, so if all God's people really prayed as much as they considered how to vote, uh, well, we got to do both. But prayer with careful voting intention, I think, well, that's uh, the best we can hope for, and even if, God forbid, (laughs) labor and greens get in, Uh, We know if we've prayed like mad and really sought God to have his way, well, we can rest in confidence knowing that he's still on the throne, even though things may look a bit dodgy here on earth.
0: Terry Keller, uh, a quick impression from you. Uh, Tomorrow night when all the votes are being counted and uh, things are starting to fall into place, uh, what are your predictions for what might happen?
2: Uh, well, I don't have a crystal ball, OK, so I'm not going to be tied to anything. Um, it's really hard to say because it's quite unusual with so many, um, you know, minor parties and, and independents, it's hard to know how it will pan out It was and whether it will be... But it'll certainly be either Labor and the Greens or the Coalition will take government, but it may be as in a hung parliament. Um yeah, yeah, it's. I'm quietly optimistic. I mean, I'm putting my money on the coalition because I think they're a better bet. You know, politics is a, a dirty game, I know that, and what Bill's saying is true, And I, you know, within the Liberal Party in Victoria. I mean, you know, haven't they learnt? They were, you know, washed out in a deluge in 2018 and now they're kicking out a member who's over in the West and a working-class Part of, of uh, Melbourne and who's had the seat for so many years for the Liberals.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, there, are there are challenges there, and doing? I'm going to pick up they're, on some of this uh, as nose. we it's continue as we continue our uh, conversation with various other commentators. We'll pick up on that issue too, but uh, I'll have to say farewell to the two of you, Bill Muhlenberg uh, from Culture Watch. Uh, simply Google Culture Watch One Work or go to BillMuhlenberg.com and Terry Kelleher, uh, formerly with the Australian Family Association and now you've got a new project called Our Group and uh, be in touch with Terry Kelleher to find out all about that. Uh, thank you to Terry, thank you to Bill. Uh, it's appreciate your insights today and listeners no doubt appreciating your heartfelt insights about some of the big concerns for the election tomorrow. Thanks to the two of you for being with us. Many thanks. Thank
2: you very much for having me.
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian
1: Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.